0: to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports.
1: It is hour two of Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis taking you until four PM Eastern as we do each and every weekday. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at aaron eighty eight. Lots to get to in this hour coming up at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. Matt Modica from The Athletic also plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. He was also, or is, the draft is still going on, a participant in Tout Wars' new league, the Draft and Hold League, where you draft your team and that is it. You set your lineup. It's 15-teams, 50-round draft. Modica was picking from the five spots, so we'll go over his early picks, his thoughts on how he build his team. Also, some uh, ADP risers with him, an article he wrote on The Athletic. And then Steve Renner, scoutdfs.com. He'll join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern because he had a ridiculous night last night, winning $36,600 in NHL DFS. And to celebrate that, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to get that same information and your opportunity to win some money by using the promo code HOT NHL. You get 50% off your subscription, and it comes with a free seven day trial as well. So you can sign up now, scoutthefs.com. I tweeted out the link earlier on, so you could check on Twitter for that as well. So make sure that you become a member and sign up today. We'll talk to Steve, get his thoughts on how he built his successful lineup, the tools, and the advice that you will get and what has made him produce this hot streak that he's been on recently. So that's coming up in a little bit. You can also check out scoutfantasysports.com, our fantasy baseball draft kit, loaded with information, more articles by the day. High-stakes Hall of Famer Sean Childs is producing in-depth team outlooks for every team. He's gone through the American League. He's completed the NL East, the NL Central, now in the NL West – He's almost done, so he can come out of hibernation and start talking to us. Uh, The Dodgers and the Rockies are the latest team that he takes a look at. Dr. Otto has his team previews. He has the Braves currently up. And my latest article is a look at a breakout player who who you can get after round 15, who I think is going to hit 30 home runs. And when you read the name, when you open the story on the site, you're going to be like, what is he talking about? Because you're going to look at his numbers the last three years and go, I don't see it. But as I dig deeper, a lot of the numbers are positive. They just did not show up in the surface stats. And that's how you can get a player at a value before they have that big breakout season. And I think this player is going to do it this year. And I like the price right now. So find out who it is. Join us, scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50 get 50% off your first two months. I have a ton of other articles as well, looking at Yasiel Puig, Sonny Gray, Jesus Aguiar, Whit Merrifield, Stephen Strasburg, players who I think are overvalued, plays who I think are bargains, and a lot more to come over the next couple weeks as we get you set to dominate for the 2019 season. You can also ask your specific questions catered to your league and format. On the message boards and the forums, keeper league questions, you know, auction strategy, whatever it is. So we got a lot of articles up there, a lot more to come. And uh, again, we will answer your specific questions, whatever you, um, whatever you want. Uh, so make sure you check it out today. Uh, we also have scoutdfs.com mentioned the special for NHL. We have the NBA returning on Thursday. NASCAR had a good weekend as well. Uh, we have the picks for NASCAR each week. PGA as well. So lots of content and ways to win money. As well as the um, VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So many ways to win. And you can also participate in a Scout 44 or 88 uh, in the Beat Dr. Roto League. Play FFWC.com right now. All you do is draft your team. These are 12-team leagues too, so of as deep as the 15, 44 rounds in the season in September 1st, so it doesn't interfere with your fantasy football season. The Beat Adam Ronis League is underway. This is a 44. Uh, we are flying. It is round 11. I started talking about my team in the segment uh, in the first hour, second segment of hour one, which you can always hear on demand if you're just joining us now. So I'm going to give my thoughts on how I built my team in this one. So as I mentioned, I started off with Jacob DeGrom and Manny Machado picking from 11 spot out of 12. Round three, I came back and got Trevor Bauer. It was a pretty easy call for me. There was already 11 pitchers off the board, and uh, Bauer is a guy that I liked quite a bit last year. He lived up to expectations and beyond. It just sucked that he got hurt late in the year. When he came back, he was pitching out of the bullpen, and I did have him in an NFBC auction. I really could have used him to finish this season Uh, As a starter, as a team faded a little bit down the stretch. But Bauer, I think, will uh, definitely have another good season. Round four, what would Reese Hoskins, who has first-base outfield eligibility in this league. He should play mostly first-base this year. Hoskins was a guy that I did get in a few leagues last year. Uh, I liked him in round four. Sometimes he was going a little bit early. and. He had a good year. Uh, the average was not great, 246, which in today's environment is not terrible. So, I, obviously, I'd like to him to hit for a higher average. Certainly, he's a little bit better in OBP. But he had 34 homers, 96 RBIs, 89 runs last year. Stole five bases, too. I think most of the steals came early, if I'm not mistaken. He was caught three times. So, I don't expect many stolen bases from him. But uh, hits a ton of fly balls in that ballpark. Uh, fifty almost 52% fly ball rate. So that kind of hurts the batting average just a little bit because he's hitting the ball in the air so much. We did see the hard hit rate drop a little bit last year, but he's got immense power. I mean, this is a guy that is capable of hitting 40 home runs. Remember, I think people got excited that 50-game sample in 2017, and it happens a lot. He had 18 homers in 50 games, and people kind of project that in times by three, and it just doesn't work like that. But he had a good year. This is a good Phillies lineup. Good chance that they potentially add Bryce Harper in the coming days. I think that's what everyone expects. Although there was a report, I guess, that Harper is not completely sold on Philadelphia. So that bears watching. But even if Harper doesn't come, this is still a very good lineup. They went out there and they improved it, adding a guy like Gene Segura, adding a veteran that like Andrew McCutcheon, who still has something left. And I wrote about him. Is a player profile, part of our draft kit as well. So you can read that in depth uh, on McCutcheon, but it's a good lineup. You know, they traded for JT Romito, Uh Cesar Hernandez, a great OBP guy, especially if they hit him lead off Gene Segura. So even if they don't get Harper, it's still good. Obviously getting Harper would be a big boost, but like Hoskins in that spot for that power uh, this year, round five, Uh, Anthony Rendon was there, and I was surprised. Uh, I've seen Rendon go earlier. I've seen him in 15 team leagues go in the third round. So I think this is one of those uh, underappreciated players just because nothing really stands out. He doesn't do anything exceptionally well. He's 28 years old, but he has a high floor and helps across the board. One of the categories that people probably don't look at enough is batting average. It's something that can fluctuate too from year to year. I already mentioned a few players where we've kind of seen their batting average all over the map. And that was the case for Rendon for a little while, but the last two years we've seen him at 301 and 308. He's a career 285 hitter. So he has a high floor for the batting average. Even if he gave you 285, 290, that's good. But there's a good chance based on the last couple of years he hits 300 again. And to do that over the course of 550, 600 at-bats, is a big advantage. It allows you later on to take these power hitters that might be a detriment in the batting average category. So if you're able to get that high batting average floor, and I've mentioned this before when talking about how you fit Joey Gallo in your roster construction. For some teams, Joey Gallo's not a fit. And this also goes back to why I hate the overall rankings. Where am I supposed to put Joey Gallo in the rankings? It really comes down to where you are in your team in the batting average cuz Gallo's not a fit for some teams. You know we went over uh, Steve Gardner's team. I think it was in the FSTA where he had such high batting average floor with his first 678 picks, Joey Gallo was a good fit there. Even if Gallo didn't see the rebound in batting average cuz there's potential that maybe it's 250 possibly, but even if he hits 220 again, good bet for 4090. And for certain teams, it's a fit. For others, he's going to sink your batting average. So you have to take that into account. But when you get players early on with 290, 300 batting average, and if you get a few of them, it allows you to take on more risk in that category later on in the draft. So, you know, Rendon, he missed some time last year too. Remember, he only played 136 games, but he had 24 homers, 92 RBIs, 88 runs. So very solid across the board. And I think... He's one of these boring players where people look at and they go, "Ah, eh, what's so good?" I mean, he should get hundred RBI's again. He had a hundred two years ago and one forty-seven. He had ninety-two last year. And even with Bryce Harper out of this lineup, if he doesn't return, and who knows, maybe there's a way he sneaks back to Washington. Now, uh, it's still a good lineup because they got Juan Soto, who was impressive last year as a nineteen-year-old. His ability to get on base. They'll have Victor Robles play every day. You got Trey Turner. So there are a lot of good pieces in this lineup that Rendon should still be able to produce. Eaton, Adam Eaton's always been good when he's healthy. Yes, I know. He can't stay healthy. But Rendon right now, the way this batting lineup is slated, probably hits third in the lineup in a good spot. Could see Trey Turner on base quite a lot in front of him. I mean, Turner gets on, steals a base. Plenty of opportunities for Rendon to drive him in. They had a Brian Dozier, Jan Gomes. So it still is a good lineup. And Rendon, to me, is one of these players that people look at like, oh, he's boring. What does he do? Because people want a 35 to 40 homer guy. They want someone who's going to steal 20, 25 bases. And you're not getting any of that from Rendon, but you're getting solid numbers across the board. That matters in round five. Not every pick has to be a home run upside pick. So for me, seeing Rendon there... Uh, I was pretty happy to get him in that spot for sure. Like for me, top player off the board uh, for me. Round six was a a tougher choice here. Uh, There was a lot of different directions that I could have gone, and I kind of wrestled over this decision. There was really no pitchers that stood out, and I didn't want to take a closer just yet. Um, There were a few closes off the board, uh, but I didn't want to delve into that direction yet. And I wound up going with Tommy Pham. I wanted to get someone that could give me some stolen bases at that point. I've always said I'm not going to reach on the category. And Pham is someone that can give you 20 to 25, potentially more. Remember, he was a little banked up last year, went over to Tampa. He's 30 years old now, uh, and he had a good year. And he's another guy that can contribute across the board. He had 15 steals last year. 25 in 2017 with the Cardinals over 128 games. So, another guy that's going to provide pretty good batting average. He was 275 last year, career 279 hitter. He scored 102 runs last year in 137 games. And uh, definitely like his ability to steal bases. He's 40 of 54 the last two years. So, he's been efficient on the base pass as well. And uh, just need to see him hit some more fly balls. That would help with the power. He did have a, a hard hit rate of... 48.5% last year. So another player that can contribute across the board and wanted to get some of those stolen bases and uh, penciled that in there with Fam. And then, uh, obviously, I'm picking pretty quick, so round seven, I went with David Dahl, and I do see some people who feel like he's kind of overvalued. I did put out a stat on Twitter last week. His September was like nine homers, 27 RBIs, and then someone said, well, look at all the pitchers that he hit them off. Dahl is playing in Coors Field. Dahl was a a prospect that people are excited about for years. He's had a lot of injuries. That's been the big problem. And it was last year, he turns 25 April 1st. He's going to play left field every day for the Rockies. It's round seven. I mean, this is a potential breakout guy, a guy who could hit 25, 30 home runs, steal 15 bases and plays half his games in course field. So I'm going to take that shot in round seven as my, you know, second outfielder. And, you know, I obviously anchored the team with two pitchers. So he is the, uh, Fifth bat that I'm taking in a draft. So I'm gonna take him in that spot uh, for sure. There were a couple of different directions that I could have gone in there, but uh decided to get uh, again two guys with some power speed combo. So this is a case where you know I'm kind of piling up the stolen bases little by little. You know, Machado can get ten to fifteen. Hoskins, I don't expect to run much. Fam can get anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five, Dahl could get ten to fifteen. Then around eight, uh, this was a tough call. Like Zach Wheeler was sitting there. And I really like Wheeler a lot. He had a big second half and uh, decided to pass on him. And this is where sometimes the ADP on your site comes into play. Because sometimes you get in your head they're like, well, he's he's like 30 spots away, so I can wait on him. And I decided I'm not going to do that. And I took Jose Peraza in round eight. To me, Jose Peraza is the cheaper Starling Marte, the cheaper Whit Merrifield. Peraza was a guy I took in tout wars two years ago and got burned. He had a bad year. He's 24 years old, turns 25 in April. He had a really good second half last year where he was hitting at the bottom of the order quite a bit. Now, to me, he projects to hit leadoff this year for the Reds in a, an improved lineup. I love what the Reds have done. So we saw Peraza really not get much of an opportunity near the top of the order last year to late in the year. He'll be at the top of the order this year. Last year, he had 14 homers, 23 steals, 85 runs scored. He batted 288. He makes excellent contact. Now, he doesn't draw a lot of walks, so in OBP leagues, a little bit of a downgrade, but he has at least 21 steals, three straight seasons, and he can run more, You know, especially if he's going to hit leadoff. It might give him the green light more. He's been very efficient on the base pass in his career, 70 stolen bases and 94 attempts last year, 23 of 29. Uh... Good ballpark to hit in. He had more fly balls last year. His fly ball rate was 38%. So, I'm not even banking on a ton of power for him. He had a line drive rate, too, of 25.5%. So, he made a lot of improvements last year. If he were to get 15 home runs, steal 30 bases, the runs up top to good average, really good target this year. So, I already had a shortstop, potentially. I could always move Machado to third. But I have Rendon. So, I don't worry about that. I want to take the best players. And I really like Peraza this year. So... Got him in round eight, seen him go in the 15 team league, sometimes round six or seven. But I think he's a guy that can take a big step up this year. I'll continue to keep you posted on this draft in the next few days. But when we return, I'll be joined by Matt Odica of The Athletic. We'll talk his Tout Wars draft and hold. That is ahead right here. It is Tout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. My latest article, look at a player going after round 15 that could have a breakout season. I'm calling for 30 home runs. Use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months, and check out that article a lot more as part of our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit today. Joining me now it is my guy, Matt Modica from The Athletic. Matt, what's up?
2: Hey, what's up, Ronis? It's another day closer to baseball.
1: I know, man. Can't wait for it to get here. We'll have some games this weekend. That should be fun. It seems like it's been a ways away. But before you know it, uh, we'll be – I mean, I know you've been drafting for a while. I have too. But we'll be like in live drafts pretty much every day once we get to March, right?
2: Yes, indeed. New York uh, NFDC will be here uh tout weekend and then uh, you know following weekend base. So
1: it's coming quick. Oh, you're going out to Vegas, too, to draft?
2: Uh, as of right now, I am. I'm doing the ultimate auction, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
1: Always a challenge, man, but that's why we like it, right? Got to be in the mix. Yeah, in the
2: competition.
1: Uh, before we get into your Tout Wars draft and holy, just what are your thoughts here? We finally get Manny Machado. He goes to the Padres. You've kind of heard them being one of the teams in the mix over the last few weeks, along with the White Sox and the Phillies. But... It's going to be San Diego, a 10 year, $300 million contract. Uh, how much does this change his value? Where do you like Manny Machado in drafts this year?
2: Uh, I like him in that, you know, second half of the first round. Uh, I mean, if he gets to the early second, I'm, I'm taking him. I don't see a major decline in his numbers. Uh, I think uh, Petco suppresses uh, left handed power more. So, this is a guy that's going to put up numbers. I know it's not Camden in the odds, but, you know, this is still going to be, uh, you know, one of the better players as MLB.
1: Yeah, I think so, too, and interested to see where his ADP falls now after this over the next few drafts to see how much people ding him because of the move. Because uh, I don't see a, a major change either. Uh, you're a part of the Tout Wars draft and hold. The first year they're doing this, it's a 15-team league, 50-round drafts. So all you do is draft your team and set your lineup each week, and you're very familiar with this format. You've been doing it in the NFBC. Uh, how does the strategy change when you're playing in this type of format where you can't make moves during the year?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I think the the two crucial elements are you must get a solid base that uh, at bats and innings pitched. For me, the biggest difference in the Tout Wars draft and hold is it's OBP. And, you know, I pretty much play exclusively NFBC. So, uh, it's actually cool. I mean, I like it. It's something different. And being that I get to do it in the draft and hold format, I like that a lot. Because I'm very familiar with that. And get to get my feet wet in the OBP leagues.
1: Is there a big adjustment for that? I think sometimes, you know, that category... It's still one category, but I see sometimes people overrate it a little bit. Is that something that you're trying to shy away from? And how has it gone so far? And how has it kind of changed your projections? Has a lot of players moved up, moved down, or just a handful?
2: I mean, certain players have moved down. I think there's a significant amount. I had the fifth pick, and I ended up taking J.B. Martinez. I thought he'd be gone, and I thought I'd be deciding between. Christian Yelich and Bryce Harper. I think Harper in that league is a, uh, you know, one of the top players. So I would have no problem taking him at five. Losing fell to like thirteen to Ariel Cohen, which so I thought was a great pick there. Or you know, so I mean, I, I look at it and actually he might, he might have fell to the second. round. I think he might have got him after the turn. So I don't, I don't know how he fell that far in in an OBP It's not batting average. You know, this is a guy that's going to have an OBP at 390. But other guys like Matt Carpenter, I took him in the fourth round. I moved him up. I mean, he's, what, 370, 375 every year with OBP?
1: Yeah, certainly. He's one of the guys that definitely gets a boost for sure. I see that every year he went early in Tout Wars last year, got off to the slow start, but then obviously uh, rebounded in the second half. Would you have taken J.D. Martinez if this was a batting average league at five? Obviously, he's fallen a little bit because he doesn't steal bases, and people are so cognizant of getting some stolen bases if they can in the first round. If this was an OBP and it was average, would you still take J.D. Martinez at five?
2: Being that this is not an overall, uh, I'm not as conscious. I do have to get conscious. I don't have any speed, but the speed factor uh, if it was, a say say, an overall, like the NFBC, I would have been, uh, maybe I would have let the route of Ronald tuner. I just want to see him leading off or uh, like a, a Trey Turner type. But I don't think you could go wrong. My philosophy coming into this was build a solid OBP base with guys that can hit 30 homers and score or drive in 100 runs and get two aces and I think I kind of accomplished that to this point it's what happens from here on
1: yeah and Martinez is a guy that just for four categories just elite I mean two straight years of 40 plus home runs the OBP last year was 402 the year before 376 so certainly to get him in that spot was a was a good pick and like you said standalone league you can figure out the stolen bases at some point. Did you consider taking Max Scherzer at all at five? He went seven.
2: No. The reason I didn't, I uh, was going with a hitter, is just, I had the opportunity, uh, Todd asked us what we wanted our KDX to be, and I went straight butter, and it's something I've been doing. And it was all because of the second and third round, how that would be set up for me. If the hitter fell that I really wanted, then I would have taken the hitter in the second round, knowing I could have got an ace in the early third but i also had the opportunity to take two aces and especially in a, in a draft and hold where there's no in-season pickups i like that even more and i went nola tarascio so that was my thought process entering this
1: talking to matt modica you can find him at theathletic.com and as you mentioned you took Aaron nola in round two uh clayton kershaw went one pick before i've seen kershaw slip to the third round would you still have taken Nola over Kershaw if Kershaw was on the board?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I love Kershaw, and I got a feeling next month he's going to look really good in spring training again. He looked excellent last year. He pitched 21 scoreless innings with 23 strikeouts to four walks, and, you know, the back acted up. The it's not even the back that scares me the most. It's the, you know, plummeting strikeout percentage. And I think he could still be successful, with the secondary stuff. But if that, you know, if the fastball is really going to be at like 90 miles an hour. I, I think that's a lot to overcome. And there's just, you know, at least a dozen or so guys I'm going to take ahead of them.
1: Yeah. Nola was a guy last year I wrote about in the preseason saying he was a dark horse and saw young candidate and actually almost got there. Obviously great year by DeGrom mm-hmm. and Scherzer, but Nola had a hell of a year himself. Is it, is he far above the pitchers that you t- took him over right after you? Nola was Verlander, Snell, Bauer. Is it close between those guys, or do you have Nola a tier above them?
2: Well, Nola my four. I think you can make an argument from say four to thirteen. Um, Garrett Cole went on the turn by James Anderson, and I think that was a fantastic move because you know he knew what he was picking, and if he wanted that pitcher, he had to pull somebody up. And I mean, I think I have Cole five. Noller four. So, and then I have Snell at six. I look, Snell to me, it's a short sample. Uh, but when he came back from injury last year, he changed his repertoire. We saw that curveball, I mean, we saw what he was able to do. I think he has the best shot of being in the next Clayton Kershaw. I think that's going to happen. But I, I, I think there's a lot to like here. I got Verlander at seven. I have no problem. Someone wants to tell me is their number four. Uh, I'm not going to bet against uh, Justin Verlander. What he did in that second half of the season was so much better than even the first half. I mean, and, you know, as far as the skills, I mean, the, the strikeout percentage, that swing strikes, I mean, everything, you know, for a guy who's going to be 36, I think, you know, this month or beginning of next month, that's, that's pretty amazing. So I think it comes down to preference. I know some people love Luis Severino as a top five guy. I know that's Derek Cardy's guy. I think I have Severino uh, either 10 or 11. But, you know, it, I think it's so close in there. You know, I mean, I think Carlos Carrasco is a fantastic pitcher. You know, so I, I think it comes down to preference, who you think, you know, fits your scheme better.
1: Yeah, that is true. They are kind of close. Talking to Matt Modica of theathletic.com and as you mentioned, you took Carrasco in round three. Carrasco's a guy that I have loved for years. I feel like I kind of always mm-hmm. write about him, saying he's kind of undervalued. I know it's hard to say that about a third-round pick, but to get him as your two, he's 31 years old. I remember in the Phillies minor league system, and I saw this guy. I was like, yeah, I think he's going to be really good. And he's, you know, two years in a row now, 192 innings. I think that was one of the concerns. Well, can he stay healthy? I mean, he put up really good numbers last year. I know a 3.38 ERA is maybe not a leap, but it's very good. And I think he has the ability to improve on that.
2: Yeah, what's great about that is like uh, he's always, his ex-fipper is always around that, you know, 330-something or 340. And the first half, you know, it, the ERA was four. The skills were there. The second half, he was just insane. And I think he's had like a 32% strikeout percentage. And if you look at the last two years, I tweeted something out on Sunday. The last two seasons, him and Luis Severino are like identical. Almost innings pitched, strikeout percentage, walk percentage, ground ball percentage at XFIP. So, you know, I don't think you can go wrong either way.
1: Round four, you took Matt Carpenter. And obviously some people might look and say, whoa, that's early. But as we alluded to, this is an on-base percentage league were you deciding Carpenter over anyone else uh did you think about JTT Real Muto it is a two catcher league he went one pick after you probably were not going to go a third pitcher with Ty on there i'm sure you were looking at a bat so uh what were your thoughts as you made that selection of Carpenter in round 4
2: actually the bats i was really thinking about was uh Xander Bogaerts uh Puig and Michael Conforto those were the three guys i really was thinking about And I just – I was looking at first base after Carpenter. I know he plays first and third, and I like that, having that flexibility as well. But like like you said, I mean, it's 370, 375 every year. He should be driving in 100 – he should score 100 runs this year, you know, hit possibly 30 homies again. So, for me, you know, he he was filling – he was checking off another box I had. And I usually don't go position scarcity in the first five rounds, but that was the tiebreaker here.
1: Talking to Matt Modica, you can find him at theathletic.com. Michael Conforto in round five, and Conforto got off to a slow start last year. He was coming off the shoulder surgery, but, man, he showed a burst of power in the second half. Obviously, we're both Mets fans, and we get to see him quite a bit. Uh, Conforto seems to be a guy to me that I've seen that is going higher and higher in drafts. Uh, What are the expectations for Conforto this year in your eyes?
2: Uh, In my eyes, especially for this league, is like a 350 – OBP, uh, 30 homers, you know, possibly, you know, if in a perfect world, you know, maybe mean, 35, 40, if everything broke right for him. But I think a guy that could, you know, score drive in 90 runs. So, uh, again, you know, for my first three hitters, I'm looking to have 100 home runs, you know, get the 100 runs in our, our OBRs from each guy or close to something like that where it could be 100, 300, 300. And, you know, it was tough. I really wanted to take Mondesi, get the speed. Uh, He's just terrible at OB, OBP. And I'm just not as worried about the speed. And I, I thought Conforto completed that base. I stuck to my game plan. I mean, it was also like Jack Flaherty. I thought about adding that third pitcher and really taking that leg up. But I held off.
1: And now was I was going to ask you about was Montessi next. And as you mentioned, he does not walk. So the OBP floor could be really low. Had this been an average league, maybe he might have been gone. Let's say he was there and it was an average league. Would you have taken him over Conforto?
2: Oh, yes. The, the, this was an average league, you're right. first He would have been gone. But had he fell to me at that spot, I would have taken him. No questions asked. I mean, Conforto's average. I mean, Conforto gets the boom. In OBP. And the thing with Monty, it's not even like he's league average OBP. He's below average OBP. So, you know, I know people have him 20 homers, 40 stone bases. If that hits, you know, I'm wrong, but I don't know. I think Conforto's going to 350 OBP, 30 plus homers, probably 90 90. So I, I went that route.
1: Have you been able to land any shares of Monsey in your draft so far, or is he a player that's been too pricey for you?
2: Oh uh, no, I haven't gotten any, and I was pretty close to taking him in this one, but I was like, you know what, just don't don't deviate here. I, you know, I, I just really like the base. Look, I if he hits and is what people say, look, he can back two fifty, as long as he's getting those stolen bases and hitting double digit home runs those people are right. But for the most part in the leagues I play, you know, he's gone in the second round, he goes in the third round, and that's where I'm getting aces and or any second hitter that, you know, I think I have ranked higher than him. You know, his outcomes are so wide, and I know people are going to say, well, he stole all those bases last year. He said the same thing about Trey Turner, and he has nowhere near the plate skills of Trey Turner. I mean, the guy walks like 2% of the time, 3%.
1: No, it's true, and definitely people do that. They like to extrapolate those numbers in a small sample. Like every year, like Hoskins was a guy (laughs) last year, too, and he had a good year, but, you know, you got to keep that in mind. Uh, So, obviously, you've done a lot of these high-stakes draft champions leagues, and I know this is a little bit different because it's OBP, so that's going to change things, but how different has this draft been compared to the other ones you have done so far? Is it a drastic difference or pretty similar?
2: Uh, I mean, I think it's for the most part, as far as the pitching goes, Again, pretty similar. It's just some of the names, some of some players uh, have moved up. Like I moved up Carpenter. You know, uh, he's got a fourth round guy. And there's uh, even Conforto it goes probably like pick one hundred, I think, or you know, at least above eighty. I took him in the you know, I took him early fifth round. So I pulled him up too, and that's just because of the ODP factor. And I kind of like the newness of it. And I'm very happy that it's in this type of format where there's no fad and stuff. Which we got plenty of other things to ward up.
1: <laughs> For sure. Uh, real quick, before we let you go, who's a player that's risen up draft boards a
2: lot that you think is
1: becoming overvalued right now?
2: Is becoming overvalued. Let uh, I me. Mean, that's a tough one. good guy that's coming overvalued. I didn't really think about this one. I'm just here to see who I can say. Uh, oof. I don't know. Uh, let me throw out a look. A guy I like, but I'm a little worried about. It. I see him going higher and higher. Maybe Tommy Fan. He was, you know, he was going say. I think he's starting to move up a bit, and there's other names I like more than him. I don't, I, I, And I kind of like him, so if I'm just searching for a name, he's the guy that's moving. That's yeah, tough. we
1: did see him go last pick around three, 15-team of labor, so he is rising up the draft board. That is Matt Modica. You can find him at TheAthletic.com. Follow his draft on ToutWars.com. Matt, thanks for the time, and good luck. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Adam. No problem. When we return, we'll wrap it up. Steve Renner, Scout the FS, winner of over 36K last night. We'll talk about it next. Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. As we are each and every day live from 2 to 4, of course, you can always check it on on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe. We have plenty of ways you can win money. ScoutFantasySports.com Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. I have an article looking at a player going after round 15 that's going to break out. So become a member today. Find out who it is. And if you want to win money at ScoutDFS, I'm going to bring in the guy that's going to do it. He did it himself last night. Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com, winning over $36,000 last night. Congrats, Steve, man. What a damn night. I almost cursed.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I cursed a little bit, but in a uh, in a happy, uh, positive way last night. So, yeah, look, you know, we've been hockey's been kind of uh, my my sport outside of you know I'm, I'm a big baseball guy and, and certainly I do football as well. Um, but you know, hockey is something I used to play years ago in, in fantasy hockey leagues, and then when when college basketball went away a few years ago. I know it's back now, but I, I really decided that, you know, I'm going to jump back into NHL DFS and, 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 uh, you know, talk to Rob Gary. he's, you know, one of the smartest cyclists I know and, and he gave me a good foundation on all the things going on on the league. And I just started getting back into it and following it every day. And for the past, you know, three and a half years, it's, it's really become in many ways my, my strongest DFS sport, uh, the most consistent and, you know, I, I kinda I tried to tell people this last week when NBA was going on a hiatus that all that money was gonna be coming over to to the tournaments on both DraftKings and FanDuel and we were gonna smash it. And sure enough, uh it kinda hit a peak last night. We've had, you know, really three days in a row of just on fire with kind of my what I call my, my line lock or, you know, people think of it as as a core play of the night, just going off with hat tricks left and right and and last night was, was truly awesome too. Not only uh, you know, win the the big tournament on DraftKings uh, for 20,000 there, but also the three max maximum won there, and the big tournament that even FanDuel had. Uh, 2,500 people took that down with uh, over there. I did have four entries, just the one entry on on DraftKings, uh, so it, it was very cool. And, and I'll you know I'll, I'll say this: I had a lot of final seat last year that, uh, in in many ways, took a little bit of craziness to get there with a hat trick from a defenseman. Last night was just a dominating lineup, and you know, for me as a DFS player, that that's great to see when, when you have the plays that you know are the correct ones, and you, you kind of you trust the process and you stick with it. To see it pay off like that was was very cool.
1: Was it a big sweat, or were you comfortably ahead? What was it like going down to the final game of the night?
3: I was comfortably ahead, but look, there's there's always a big sweat. I was in the lead on on the DK one for the twenty K. For the better part of the night, I mean, right out of the gate, we got two goals from uh, uh, Kucherov from, from Tampa Bay. Uh, had the goalie there as well, who was doing really well. And then the, the Chicago-Ottawa game was just going bananas uh, with goals left and right. And unfortunately, we we were on the right uh, line there that had the hat trick from the Brinkat. But I was ahead most of the way. But you know how it is, I mean Even if, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like cross-checking and I'm, I'm watching the the Caps and Kings game. Uh, and then there 's like a late crazy goal in the Sharks game that should have been waved off, and i 'm sitting there like scrambling to see, okay, am I going to get caught by someone who has like the perfect combination so i uh, I, I got burned a few years ago in baseball by Mike Zanino hitting two home runs in the last three innings of a game to cost me a live final seat so i 'm never not sweating when when you 're in first like that but but I will say it was uh it was a it was a comfortable lead I, I should say you know for a better part of the night.
1: Talking to Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com, won over $36,000 at NHL DFS last night between FanDuel and DraftKings. So how did this successful lineup, how was it built yesterday?
3: So, look, I, and I have a, there's a Hockey 101 article that I did last year that talks about my lineup construction. And in hockey, um, you know, there, to me, there's, there's three parts you can take for it. A little bit of football, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of basketball, but you know we, we, people know in football hey you want to correlate between a, a quarterback and a receiver and sometimes in baseball you want to correlate guys in, in the lineup hockey you have to correlate lines and so i always look for a center and a wing who are going to be together that are in a good spot um and i start with kind of my my core build so i was on the chicago second line uh which you know DeBrinkat young winger for them been playing really well He gets top power play unit it was the obvious go-to game of the night for, for offense, but I took that entire line. And with, with Strome, to Brinkett, and Cahoon, that was kind of my core. And then from there, it's a matter of looking to say, okay, my second combo or correlation I'm going to do a mini stack with, who do I want to pair them with? And, you know, there, there were some chalk spots that you could look into, but with hockey, it's a lot like baseball in that you can pivot off of someone who is kind of, the obvious top play. And I think the analogy for people who aren't familiar with hockey, maybe you're looking at baseball, Mike Trout, you know, everyone says he knows he's the best player or Mookie Betts. We know they're the best player, but they're going to have nights where they just don't perform. And maybe they get a single on a run score, but for the price, it's not enough. And so I looked over at the, at the Tampa side and they have absolutely owned Columbus in, in their history. I think in the last five games, they've won like an average of six to one every game. They were coming in white hot. Nikita Kucherov is really on pace to be probably the, the MVP of the league in the NHL this year. He had the goal lead for a while until Ovechkin took it back. And so, um, yeah, I went there. I went to Kucherov and, and his centerman, Braden Point, combined them together and then found the best value throughout there and, and paired them up with Vasilevsky, the goalie, who had almost his third straight shutout until the final couple minutes of the game when Columbus finally scored on him. So it was. it's the same process that I use on 90% of the nights you know, when I go to build, I still have to look at every slate and say, does it going to fit tonight? Where do I want to spend and where do I don't want to spend? But you go in, you find the core teams that you want to build around, and then you pair it up from there.
1: Now, I think you said you usually don't have multiple entries, but I guess last night you did. Not that you had a lot, but you did have more than one. How do you decide on a given night whether to enter more than one entry?
3: So, here's something. So, I even wrote this in my article yesterday. I said this is a very rare night where I feel like there's a couple games where it's a real toss-up and it would make sense to, to kind of play even ahead with the goal or whatever. But I'll tell you, Adam, for me, the, the more I do research and the, and the more I, I kind of go through the lineup and build the right construction with time and doing playing every day, my main lineup is the one that always hits, and that's what's hit last night. But hockey's a good sport because there are – it comes back to the, the lineup – or excuse me, the, the contest selection as well, right? So there's a lot of three-entry max tournaments out there that are – a thousand people or less that have a good payout from down to 22 to 24%. And so with those, if you, if you feel that, Hey, on a given night, there's maybe there's two one-offs that I really like from uh, a stack combination. I don't want to pivot off of I'll play two lineups and go with that. But, you know, for me, to be honest, most of the time why I put in a a second or a third lineup is because I'm chasing and and I'm doubting myself and 99% of the time it's that main lineup that wins. But if you do more than one, really keep it down to about three to five because play in those single entries, play in the three-entry max. There are a few good twenty-entry max out there as, as well. You get into—I I wrote yesterday there were two five-dollar tournaments on DraftKings, and one was twenty-three thousand people, the other was nine thousand people. And first place in the nine thousand one paid out more than second place in the other one, and it just—it made no sense to play those large tournaments when you get better options out there. Um, so if you do more than one lineup. You know, really, it's going to be pivoting maybe that stack where you play off there or, or pivoting your goalie uh, because there's a lot of variance in the goalies. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm usually a, a one-to-three lineup guy at most.
1: Talking to Steve Renner, scoutdfs.com, went over $36,000 last night in DFS, and you can get his advice, scoutdfs.com, right now. Uh, there's also a special, let people know how they can access this content right now for a discounted price.
3: Yeah, so go over there. Look, we, and, and it's not just NHL, by the way. So our our MMA had a huge weekend as well. Um, and of course we did really well in, in even NASCAR. A lot of people were were shocked to see that was, that was kind of new coming out there this weekend, but yeah, get over, get there. Um, we've got a promo code up, up on the site right now. NHL hot. You can, you can get in there, get in on the hot streak, um, get a free seven day trial as well. Get in on the Slack chat where we've got really a great community of members that are out there um that you know i look at it as they're not subscribers they're members you have people themselves who've been playing every single day that offer kind of their opinion that can help with the contest selection uh and help with how to you know read through my article rob's article as well and kind of get the info in there so like i said get in there got the promo code going on right now um and you can get the you know the the free trial for seven days off um really get in there for for nhl and then once you get off that you're going to be pushing it through over there so Hot NHL uh, will get you 50% off the first month. And then, like I said, the, the seven-day free trial along with that as well.
1: So for someone who's listening and they really don't know much about the NHL, they don't play much, and they're intrigued now because they go, okay, let me check this out. He won a lot of money. He knows what he's talking about. Where do you start as novice as They read your content. You know, Maybe they don't know a lot of the players. What's the best approach for that new player?
3: So go to our site, once you're signed up, under the NHL tab, uh, there's the, the first link right there, we'll take you to our NHL homepage, which has on it, links to all the articles, and then it has a link to the daily lines, which update uh, throughout the day, so you can see, okay, who's on the top line for teams, who's on the second line for teams. And then there's an the NHL DFS strategy section. And, and go in there, read that, and you get in the Slack channel and really just ask questions about different things. But if you're starting off, the best thing to do, Adam, is, you know, start off kind of maybe if you want to do a low-dollar lineup, put it in there based on the article, but pay attention to the the teams, the lines, who's scoring, the correlation on it, understanding the, the relationship between the goals and the assist and where you get that and understand really how how goalies will work. And, look, people are going to sweat, oh, my goalie gave up a goal. Goalies are going to give up goals a ton. But unlike pitchers, they usually stay in the game and don't get pulled. Uh, but, you know, Follow along, and I'll tell you, with the way that, that the NHL schedule works, you'll get a night like tonight with nine games, and then tomorrow you'll have like three games, and then it's back to a big slate on Thursday. But if you play like a team like tonight that, are, that a lot of people are on, and, and I'm on as well, which is Florida, you're going to understand the top line. So we've got uh um, we've got Matrano on the top line. There's two really popular plays. Second line, two guys I'm on Montrachek and Hoffman. Understand the correlation between plays and see the matchups, and then as you go through, we have a lot of the subs they pick up. And for a while there, we were, everyone was, was beaten on the, the ducks. And you can see teams that are the right teams to pick on a lot like you would do in any other sport, Adam. Where we go back to football season, we, every week we would talk about, all right, well, who's playing Tampa Bay this week, right? Because everyone knew they were a bad defense. If you pay attention to it, you'll start to understand it, and you'll be able to put together your lineups on your own.
1: How important is it to stack lines in the NHL? Is it something that you do mostly every night?
3: Yeah, it, it's very important, and the reason why is you could have uh, on any given night, like let's say you have Alex Ovechkin, um, who is going to be a very popular play, and uh, the Caps aren't playing tonight, but I'm using him as an example, and I'm sure a lot of people know him. And you say, oh, I'm only going to play Ovechkin, and he scores. Well, you know, most goals are always going to come with assists, and a primary and a secondary assist, and they're usually from the guys from the same line. So if you're just playing a bunch of one-offs, you'll find that in tournaments, everyone around you that has that same player that got that goal is also getting the points for the assist and you actually will fall down after getting a goal. And that's, that's one thing that newbies really have to get used to. is like, Hey, my guy scored a goal. I'm, I'm cashing right now. Great. And then the next thing they know, they fall below the the cash line and all of a sudden they're not making any money. So you've got to correlate at least that it's more the correlation than it is the stacking. Um, Stacking a, a team up to four or five or even six skaters comes into play more where you feel like there's a team that, that's really going to go off and score a lot more goals than everybody else because you're going to get two-to-one games. So it is hockey. We still get that a lot. But, yeah, you have to have, you gotta have some correlation on anybody who is going to be a popular play because otherwise you're, you're basically playing against yourself in that scenario.
1: When you start constructing your lineup, where do you look at first? Is it the goalie? Is it your favorite stack line of the night? How do you start?
3: No, I, I yeah, I look for center and wing combination. So I'm looking at the forwards. Um, I sometimes I look at defense just to see is there a must have defensive but typically I look at the forwards and I look for guys priced in the mid range. So on DraftKings, if I can get two guys that are in like the upper five thousands or the low six thousands. I want to find that because you want to find the mid-range guys and it, and it's those guys that really stand out. Not everyone knows, you know, that the, the high end guys and, and that's true for any DFS sport really. But I will start with my favorite center wing combination. And then my second favorite center wing combination. And then from there, the rest of the lineup kind of builds itself out. And, and one rule of thumb on goalie is if, if you can't decide, there's two things you can do. One, correlate him with your forwards because for goalies, the most important thing is getting the points for the win. And if your skaters are scoring goals, it would you know, kind of lend to that that the goalie has a better chance to get a win. Or two, as you go through and, and I look at it, I'll see, all right, if, if there's a, a team that I just don't like any offense from, uh, I'll take the goalie there just for, um, you know, for, for the lack of risk that he has there. But start with the skaters because, you know, in baseball, you can win without too much offense from your hitters. If your pitcher is really good on a certain slate – in hockey, you can't win without goals. If if your guys aren't scoring goals, you're not going to win. You can win without a goalie doing well. In fact, I I cashed on Sunday with the goalie who got hurt in the first period. So, it's, it, you start with the skaters first and, and the forwards in, in particular.
1: Do you find that there's more of an edge in NHL DFS because it's not covered as widely?
3: That's one reason. Uh, it's not covered as wisely, widely. I think, two, I don't think people play with it as consistently because – because of the way the schedule is and it, it drives us NHL people nuts. Like we'll get a great slate that has a lot of games and then we'll have a slate, with just two games. And it, it really, it takes away the edge there. And so I think people will get tuned off by that and they go to something else and then they come back and they're not really paying attention to who's hot, who's not. Um, people aren't familiar with the names as well, but you know, the other thing too, that that is key. I think people use optimizers for hockey the wrong way because most optimizers, even ours, it's not going to help you with the correlation and the stacking. But if you stack first and then use it to fill in for value, you can do it there. So I think a lot of people just don't, they don't know where to start. And that's where Rob and I and and our NHL product really stands out as we get you started off on the right foot and and help you learn the players, help you learn the teams and help you learn how to build the right way. But um, yeah, consistency and, and it's not just tournaments, it's cash games as well. Definitely an edge in hockey.
1: Well, again, let everyone know where they can find that content and the special discount code they can get right now before midnight Eastern.
3: Yeah, so Hot NHL, H O T N H L is the all one word. The, the promo code. Go to ScoutFantasySports.com. Uh, get signed up for for there under the DFS join. Um, and if you got any questions or issues, just you know DM on Twitter the the Scout DFS account. Make sure you follow that. You can follow me at Steve underscore Renner. Uh, we can get you helped out with with suggestions, and like I said, it, it's not just NHL. Once you get in here, you're a member. Uh, you know, you, you'll find that we've got a lot of great content. And I know once once basketball gets started back up, people are are going to go back to that. But um, hockey is going to continue through, and right around the corner, you know, I'm itching for some baseball as well. So. We're going we're gonna to keep you on it.
1: All right. I will send you my PayPal in case you have a little excess money <laughs> left over from last night. But, again, Steve, congratulations. Great night. Always a great feeling Thanks. when you can pull that off, man. Drinks on me for sure, Adam. All right. No doubt. All right. All right. Again, make sure you check us out, scoutfantasysports.com. I'll be back tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, with Dr. Roto here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.